This is Media Sales Mastery, the podcast for media sales professionals. In each episode, we bring you information, insights, and ideas from some of the industry's top thought leaders. Connect with us to help pick the topic and guide the show. This is Media Sales Mastery, the podcast for media sales professionals. I am your host, Jamie Wood. And our topic today is a bit of an interesting one. I'm actually going to go back, and I normally hate when podcasts do this, but bear with me. I'm going to go back and rebroadcast, not a podcast I did, but a podcast that I was actually interviewed on back in 2019. And it was actually probably about a week maybe two weeks before the Media Sales Mastery podcast dropped. The reason why I want to go back and revisit this was this was the time where I was promoting the podcast. I was speaking about the reason why I created the podcast. And it's just a good kind of moment in time to go back and revisit. It was on a podcast that most people who know Media Sales Mastery will be familiar with called Killer Media Sales. And if you haven't had a listen to that podcast, go back and trawl through their back catalog because it is exceptionally good stuff. It's very different to what I do. It's a little bit more short form, a little bit more tactical, uh, very, very specifically related to the trade media. But I've become good mates with the guys who host it, Alex and Russ. Um, They run a fantastic business in Momentum Media. So it's very much about going back and having a listen. And there's a reason I wanted to do that, right? Because in 2024, I'm kind of asking myself the question, what am I doing with this podcast? Why am I continuing to do it? It is a lot of work. It's a lot of scheduling. It's a lot of designing the content. I'll admit sometimes my energy and effort is uh, not as good as it could be. And sometimes I feel like I really sort of bring the A game. But what I want to do is revigorate and revitalize the podcast this year. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to be designing the episodes and the sequence of the episodes into a structured 20-episode curriculum. So the objective is basically to give a really comprehensive overview of the function of media sales, but to kind of dive into specific facets in detail, but to do it in a way that's very very linear, that makes sense. You know, how do you learn your product? How do you develop your proposition? How do you prospect? How do you build your proposals? How do you pitch? How do you do the post-sales fulfillment? How do you do the professional development? How do you deal with politics? Um, it's no accident that there's all those P's there. Um, I've kind of struck upon a bit of a theme here, but you can see how that all kind of logically flows to the next topic. So the reason why I've decided to do this and the reason why I wanted to go back and rebroadcast the 2019 episode was because, A, it's a lot easier to produce and I need to get a few podcasts out, but B, because I wanted to really stay true to the initial reason I created the podcast, right, which was I wanted to create something that I wish I had access to when I was 23, starting out in my career, right? And I think that if I had the Media Sales Mastery podcast when I was 23, I would have felt less stressed, less alone, less naive. Um, I would have felt like I had more control. I would have felt like I had more energy, more enthusiasm, and I would have felt better equipped to just manage the stress and the anxiety and the emotional toll that dealing with this industry can actually have on you at times. So that's what I... I'm going to set is the intention. That's what I'm committing to deliver for the year ahead. But right now, we're going to go back and listen to a 2019 episode of Killer Media Sales, where I give a little bit of context as to the initial reason why I've created this podcast and who specifically I was wanting to serve with it. Enjoy, and I look forward to having a great year of 
hopefully some really nice growth in the download and the listenership of the podcast. Welcome to Killer Media Sales, the podcast for the world's top media salespeople. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Alex Whitlock. Bit of a different heartbeat today. Uh, for those of you that listened to last week's podcast, we're pretty focused. Uh, myself and Russ sort of went into quite a lot of detail and quite a lot of depth about tactics for selling features and the importance of that in terms of revenue. I just so happen to be catching up with a friend of mine, uh, Jamie Wood. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Jamie, Jamie is sales director with ARN up in Brisbane. He's also just recently launched a podcast, which I personally really enjoy, and I've had the privilege of being on called Media Sales Mastery. So um, great to catch up, Jamie. Good to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Before we get sort of stuck into our general chat, look, just give us a bit of an overview about sort of um, about Media Sales Mastery, about why you launched this podcast and what listeners can get from it. Absolutely. Look, I mean, I I think it initially came, as we've spoken about many times, from my frustration of just not having any content for people who do what we do in media sales. And I made the point of saying on many occasions that, you know, our industry of media and advertising, you've got so many trade publications, uh, so much content for marketers, for people in advertising. But then the other side of the market, you know, the other 50% of people in the industry were very much neglected. And so I think what spawned me to do it was one for my own needs and my own interest of just wanting to create something that I knew you know, would have some utility for people in the first five years of media. And the approach was really interesting because I actually had a really extensive uh, survey that I put out. So a lot of my peers or my colleagues who also work as sales directors, I said, look, can you send this out to anyone in your organization that's starting out? Um, you know, those people in the first two to five years are where we see a lot of attrition in this industry. And we know the reason for that. It's, there's no formal qualification for it. It's revenue related pressure from day one and you somewhat have to learn by failing. So it's the perfect environment for somebody to feel overwhelmed and to feel like they're not really, you know, mastering the skill set of media sales. So, you know, we sent out the survey, we created the content and it was very much around going, well, you know, for somebody who's one year in, for somebody who's five years in, how do we create content that is just going to make people feel less alone, have something that's instantly applicable for them on a, you know, on an immediate basis? What can I apply right now that's going to give me an edge this week? And then more importantly, how do we create a bit of a community around this so that the content we create actually becomes what the audience want to hear about and what are some of the challenges they're having. So I think, you know, very lucky to have people like yourself be so enthusiastic to contribute. Absolutely. I think podcasts look such as this, such as yours, and these are very different. This is a chat. This is very informal. Yours is very structured. And uh, I believe you're sort of coming to the end of season one. Look, for people who are listening in, where can they find it, Jamie? Uh, Look, really anywhere. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. So Media Sales Mastery, anywhere you want to find it or mediasalesmastery.com is the website. I I recommend whether you're new in the business or whether you've been there for some time. Look, I've been in media sales for nearly 25 years, I got great value out of that. So I check it out. And you know what? I think this is a good extension to uh, to really carry on our chat today. You know, it's um, we've all worked, you know, and do work in media sales. And, you know, I started out selling print adverts some 20 odd years ago. And media sales and the media environment has changed radically and continues to change at pace now. Um, how do you, with you know, with your guys, I mean, in broadcast, you know, again, it isn't just a matter of selling slots on radio shows for advertising. I mean, you know, your area of broadcast oh, has yeah. changed radically. Look, I've been doing this for 10 years and, and I can genuinely say it is becoming increasingly complex with every year. You know, normally you get a lot, a lot more competent at a job. I often feel like I'm sort of learning and starting fresh every year because what we're doing these days is somewhat having to protect our core revenue base, be it radio, but then also look to future proof. So to have an understanding of what are those new emerging platforms that we need to actually, 
you know, go and build or that we need to incorporate as part of our client solutions? And how do we balance those somewhat divergent priorities when there's only so many hours in the day? So for your guys, Jamie, where's the main, for them, where is the main threat externally to the revenue that's been, you know, generally secured through the radio stations? Well, I think the main threat is somewhat accelerated by our own industry, yeah. if that makes sense. So, so you know, if we think about this great podcast we're doing here, we certainly have to make a play into the podcasting space. Now, it's not going to be the be all and end all, but it is an important, you know, uh, platform that we need to start to have a play in because it's what our core business is, is audio content. Yeah. So to some extent, I hate to say it, like I think our biggest threat is actually our own, I'm not going to say paranoia, but our own need to future-proof our business by somewhat cannibalizing our business as well. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, mm. it does. Ross, you've been working in media now for 18 years, I yeah. would say. Yeah, about 18. You know, you've seen, uh, I think you very much the same as me, it was print media when you started out. I mean, you've obviously seen great transformation. You're very hands-on with our sales team. You know, yeah, kind of- I think going back to what you were saying earlier, Jamie, as well, you know, when you first started in sales, there is so much content out there that you can, you know, sort of read so many books and, but the amount of times I've been on different sales training courses and it just doesn't apply to media. Uh, And I think kind of, you know, having that specific content that can help people is absolutely key. So yeah, spotting opportunities is excellent. I think, you know, interesting for me as well, you're right, you know, I started 18 years ago, print only, and just recently, you know, sort of got back involved in some direct selling uh, with the launch of a new event. And it's really quite interesting to sort of listen to potential clients and understand what they really want to sort of get out of a partnership these days. And, you know, for so long, it's been quite transactional. You know, it's been a, you can buy some- uh, Some inventory. Some inventory, you can buy a sponsorship and- but I think now that just, just people just don't want to have that conversation. You know, it, it's so one dimensional. You know, people do. They want stop shop where you can provide all of that sort of inventory available. We can do some audio. We can do some video. We can, you know, really sort of get into um, what their strategies and what they're trying to achieve and how we can play a role within that for them. And it's less about, hey, give me X thousand dollars. Yeah. We'll put a logo up and we're going to have a few people in a room for you. Well, um, you touch on a good point there because I completely agree. I know when we talk about our asset base getting infinitely more complex, and having more tools in the kit bag, that's a good thing, but it poses challenges at the same time. And I think when we talk about, you know, media sales, fundamentally the brilliant basics are still applicable in today versus 10 versus 20 years ago. The number one thing is a knowledge of the client, their industry and their objectives. Unless you have that, unless you lead with that, you don't have the ability to then pull in your asset base and create a solution. So I think in many ways, the people who are going to win are the ones who invest time to know the category they're selling into, to know the market, to forge those relationships, to have a deep understanding of the client objectives, but then to have a really good knowledge of their product base as well. And what you're saying there about multi-platform, you know, to some extent, I think clients will be looking for one key supplier that they can actually do that whole range of different things with. So it is an opportunity as well. Yeah. I think if you're, you know, whether you're new to media sales, whether you're looking to join the profession, I like to think of it as, uh, or whether you've been there for years and years and years, there are just some fundamental things that really forge, you know, looking at what success looks like for salespeople and also for the clients is, is something I'm constantly fascinated with. And I think to be successful in media sales, you're absolutely right. Understand the client understand their objectives, understand their product, understand their audience. But I think there's also things, you know, it's that ability to communicate yourself. In one of your podcasts, I know listening to um, the lady from Icon, yep, one thing she, she, yep. she, she articulated so well about that warmth, about that connection. And I think in media sales now, even though you're quite right, there are, there are a bewildering number of tools and also expectations, but the fundamentals still, you know, sort of still stay true. Being a clear communicator yourself having integrity, Mm. making a human connection with the people you're working with, 
wanting to share in the success of your clients, but also fundamentally understanding and identifying in a pragmatic way what that success looks like. So in essence, it is simple. And I think if you grasp the simple fundamentals, the more complex tools around the periphery suddenly become, they just become easier to get, you're picking up the tools rather than sort of getting confused by various metrics and different kind of expectations and so forth. You're exactly right. You know, to the actual counterpoint of that, and I had a beer with a good friend of mine, he's the sales director of ATN, so Australian Traffic Network, who do the traffic reports. And I said to him, you know, if you think about how the market is operating at the moment, you know, they want speed, they want cost efficiency in terms of reach, they want ease of transaction. You've got a lot that falls into your sweet spot. And he said, well, our biggest challenge, you know, openly is that we don't have new products or platforms. So we don't have that innovation story to go and sell to market. Yeah, right. And I said, well, that's an interesting point. You know, that is one thing that's really fortunate that we have in this world of these new media platforms. There's always a new reason to get in front of an advertiser, to keep them engaged, to give them a new story. And I think with every interaction you do where you bring in new product, you deepen your knowledge of the client and their objectives yeah. as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting you said, Alex, you know, obviously you can you can get confused and sort of overwhelmed with, with you know, sort of the amount that you've got to sell or the inventory that you have or the options available to clients. But I think, you know, key time management, you know, um, on a day-to-day basis, week-to-week, uh, in terms of how you're doing that is critical to success as well. One of the biggest pitfalls I've found over the years is about focus. And I don't just mean in terms of how you organise your day and what your priorities are. And the reason why I say focus is critical, because if I as a salesperson, aren't able to focus on what success looks like. Media is confusing also for the people who buy media. And you can end up with junior people who actually don't, they can get confused about, you know, kind of click-throughs and return on investment and, you know, sort of getting various other things that if they don't really, if you can't help them focus on what the outcomes are from spending, you know, this very valuable revenue with us, if you can't get those people to focus on that, then you're going to lose the value of, what you know, you, this is where you end up in the quagmire of, yeah looking at metrics and, and judging something on for the sake of metrics. I think being able to crystallize as a salesperson, is, and I believe very strongly in leading as a salesperson, you know, you need to lead. That doesn't mean to be a driving force against somebody else's will, but you need to bring the client and to get from the client to understand what those objectives are. If you're dealing with a, a junior marketing person in an organization who isn't really clear, then before you start getting down to sort of, you know, so sort of selling tactics, you've got to get them to understand or maybe speak to somebody more senior to understand what the objectives are. And when you're aligned in terms of objectives, and one of the things that Russ Easter, who we did the course with recently, is yeah. understand the customer journey yeah. and where you fit in to yeah. that journey and, and how you can play a role in that journey. And you know what? And how you may be able to work alongside, you know, not directly, but with others in your space, as long as you can fulfill your, your part of that journey and give value to the client, then that's a successful conversation to have. I, I remember catching his podcast and I think he's absolutely correct in what he says. You know, my side of the fence in terms of broadcast media and selling primarily into that agency market, you raise an interesting point around measurement, around metrics. To some extent, I think you've got people in free-to-air television, in radio, or, you know, or audio as it's more broadly referred to, in out-of-home very much investing in new measurement tools and ways to quantify what it is they're delivering to advertisers. I don't think anyone's got it figured out. No. You know, and that's where we've got to be comfortable is to work in the gray. But I agree with you around market leadership is really important in times like this. What is the actual currency? You know, it's not about us marking our homework, but we understand how our audience is engaged. Let's talk about what we actually think a metric of success should be here if we're talking about these hard KPIs. Because at the end of the day, the commercial return is really the objective we're all striving for. Of course, yeah. And I think in an increasingly confusing world that we all live in, you know, but looking at media within that, it's the same within media. You know, there are so many confusing metrics. I think if you can offer clarity 
about the fundamentals. And I think always for me, you know, sales has to be about success for the client. And if you can crystallize that down to, you know, to get them to focus on what the outcomes are and what you can tangibly deliver or how you can get towards it. And there may be a number of different objectives in a pyramid in terms of what the client wants to achieve. There's always going to be a pinnacle about the most important thing, you know, and I think really getting that and getting the spotlight on the most important outcome and then looking at the sort of the tiered levels down, you know, it may be that I want to repurpose content or I want to get, I want to build somebody's name or build a brand or reintroduce a product, but it's really about getting down to that pinpoint, shine a light on it, and I think that's the key to, and then also connecting on a human level, demonstrating that you're going to be trustworthy, that you're going to be reliable, that you're going to deliver things as and when they're expected. You know, so I think- well, I actually think, and it's funny, hearing you say that and hearing me reflecting on my experience, which is arguably very different, but still in the same, you know, the same discipline of media sales. I actually think you might have the hardest gig of all, Russ, in terms of that event space. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah definitely. No, I, I, <laughs> I, would, I would think, I mean, you look, we certainly dabble in the event space. Obviously, it's a big part of what we do, but we often do it as an extension to a campaign. We don't do it as a standalone yeah. proposition. Now, I'm not sure whether that's what you do either, but when we talk about metrics of success, you know, an event is somewhat, I would imagine, a bit un- intangible. Absolutely right. Yeah, it, it, it is a tough nut to crack because the event that Russ is working on is a brand new event. It's never been done before. It's going to be something nationwide. We've got pedigree here in, in doing very successful events. But you're absolutely right. And, and this is really challenging as a salesperson to go along and approach, you know, some very, very major brands in real estate in this instance to give them some assurances because they want to know, they want to know how many people are going to turn up who are the speaker's going to be, what's the content, what's the value to the audience, what am I going to get what out of it, you know? Yeah. And it's and, yeah. you, and you, you're absolutely right, Jamie. Certainly selling an event that's been around for a few years is easier, but going out with a concept and painting a picture of an activity that hasn't yet happened yeah. is, is, but it is, is challenging. It is, you, you paint that, that individual activity, but I also think it's, for a lot of the people I'm talking to, it starts with the event, but it's a much more strategic long-term partnership and how that's going to, you know, sort of the event will play as part of, you know, right. reaching those long-term goals and objectives with the other stuff we're going to do with them. And we'll bring them inside the tent and, you know, work with our editorial team and we'll get a lot closer to their business and, and see where those opportunities are. But I think if you're going in there one dimensional, just trying to sell the event, yeah. you're only going to go get so far. You'll get some, get some smaller groups, but the, the big guys now, they want a lot more. They want multi-layered campaigns across different sort of um, media platforms. And they want to know that, that you're going to support them over the course of a six or 12 month period or even longer and it's not a case of you're going to work with us on this event and our logo goes up and we're going to you know get x hundreds of, of people in the room for you so right I was okay gonna, i was gonna say one of the things so coming off a little bit of a tangent but you know sort of while you guys are talking i'm still thinking about what is in the dna of a successful media sales person and it's something that is interesting because often certainly in our organization we have people who don't have previous media experience you're selling something. I think being involved, working in the media, whether it's broadcast, whether it's digital, whether it's print, whether it's events, or whether it's a you know a combination of the whole of them, I find working with content, working with journalists, working with information, working with the speed of delivery of information, just for me, it's changed my life. Going from retail in the UK to getting a chance to work at the media has been absolutely unbelievable. So I think that there's, I think in terms of success as being a media salesperson, you know. When you feel that heartbeat around working in the media, that for me, you know, it makes me get up every single morning. Mm. I think also that you start to look at the skills and the particularly unique skill set in terms of, you know, in terms of sales. I think you've got to have, um, look, some things, you know, run true with any kind of sales role, you know, integrity, accuracy, honesty, you know, sort of sharing the vision. But I think also you've got to be very nimble. You know, you've because you're not selling a widget. A tangible product. Yeah, yeah you know, and exactly I think right. having, I think, you know, 
sharing this real genuine passion for media, you know, or broadcast and having the wherewithal to be able to move reasonably deftly, you know, in terms of seeing opportunity, but not getting swamped, as we said, by all the myriad of different tools and measures and opportunities. Yeah, I, I think sort of, um, you know, for me, like even going back to real basics, you know, working in the media was exciting because you're the maker of your own destiny as well. And I think now sort of, you know, with all these different options available to you, you know, you've got a real opportunity to work with clients. And, and, and we say, you know, at a strategy level and being a media strategist, you generally get to do that. You get to, you know, be part of their campaign, be part of their journey, really sort of handpick sort of, um, you know, different items and bits and pieces for them that you know is going to help them get to their end goal. And going back to, you know, when you've got an individual product, and it's a, hey, look, we're we're selling this printer versus that printer and we give you a 12-month warranty versus this. Christ, that must be bloody soul-destroying. Well, yeah, you're in the, I mean, what I love about it and, um, you know, just recently, I think we've, Brisbane is an interesting market because a lot of our growth categories are professional services. So, you know, retail, insurance, fast food, all that, that's traditionally been the bread and butter of broadcast media. But if you look into you know, some of the like real estate, commercial real estate, property, finance, mining and resources, they're becoming very savvy and they're starting yeah. to have a really good eye on what are we doing at a content level? How are we taking a market leadership position? How are we engaging our stakeholders? Probably more so than ever before. So, you know, my view is that there's never been a better time to be in media, but ultimately if you want to, you know, to adapt to this new media world, you have to have those inherent entrepreneurial traits. You, you can't do. sell a product anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Really you're point. selling opportunity, you're selling business growth. Growth. And I think you have to be, you know, to your point about being pragmatic, I think what gets me out of bed in the morning is the same as you. I, I just love creating opportunities. And that could be anything from helping a small to medium advertiser, you know, take a dip into media for the first time yeah. or go and work in a really different category to what I'm used to and, and see if we can explore, you know, where it, seemingly there might not be opportunity, where there would be an opportunity to create something. Absolutely. I think, you know, it gives you absolute freedom. I think, again, Understanding your client, your customer, your prospect, seeing when sometimes deal with people who've got a very clear goal, very clear strategy. They understand fundamentally what their objectives are, and they also understand media. But you, you can often deal with people who have a notion that they can get success, but they don't know what that success looks like. And I think as a media salesperson, understanding and getting a quick measure of the level of competence, if you will, with the client, you know, you don't want to end up bamboozling them with the size of the opportunity, knowing when to keep things nice and focused, knowing when you want to go and explore, knowing when you want to sort of, where, where you can be trusted to lead them into areas, you know, where there's opportunity and not leading them down a blind alley where yeah. nobody quite knows where they're going. And that's a really good point you make, because when you deal with new clients and smaller clients that are dipping their toe into media, as a small business, when you're spending, you know, your marketing dollars and it's hard earned, you know, you think, I think, I think a lot of clients will think, well, you know, if I'm going to do some advertising oh my god the phone's gonna be ringing off the hook mm. and it's gonna be amazing yeah. because you're putting me in front of all of this these um, potential buyers because the audience is a huge I mean, you've got huge audiences across your networks and you start talking very very big numbers and all of a sudden you think oh my god we're gonna be inundated and, and at the end of the day they've still got to compete they've still got to have the right messaging they've still got to they've make sure got they've, got to, they've got to build you, the brand you, we, the product. we as salespeople have yeah. no control over the product that's being marketed it's one of the biggest yeah. things is you know we are there to help put audience in front of them and to prepare them the very best we can in terms of their message. But at the end of the day, we have no control over their product, their service, yeah. and, and how they work with their customers. This is a big thing for salespeople to remember that it's Absolutely. beyond our control. Well, yeah. and I think that's, you know, when we talk about probably a big thing around, and I mentioned off air around my podcast, is that you've got people that are fundamentally coming into this industry, learning what it is on the fly, having revenue-related pressure in most cases from day one, probably not getting access to the full amount of training 
that they would expect to get before they feel comfortable and confident. And they're out there having conversations with clients and they're going, well, I need to get a win on the board. I need to get a run on the board. I need to get the revenue in. What am I doing? So those quick wins can be very, very enticing. But to the point earlier, part of being a good media salesperson is having the discipline to actually play the long game and go, you know what? I'm going to do the activity, but I need to do this in a way that sets me up for sustainable client relationships, that is consultative. I don't want to take that five to $7,000 booking to the detriment of a half a million dollar opportunity if I play this the right way. Yeah. yeah. That's the biggest pitfall. Every new media salesperson I train or I see come into our business, that's the one thing I say to them is, you've got a grace period with me. You need to make sure that you utilize that time to build the pipeline for the future. Jamie, it's fantastic catching up with you again. Look, we're going to have to go because we're going to go out for some lunch. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> for everyone else, thanks so much for tuning in. If you haven't checked out Jamie's podcast, please go check it out, Media Sales Mastery. Thanks so much for tuning in to Killer Media Sales. Great to have you with us. Keep those questions coming. Keen to answer you know, any of the thoughts you've got about media sales. Uh, check out all the podcasts. They're all there on killermediasales.com. I'm your host, Alex Whitlock. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in.